0: Hi, I'm Jennifer Isabella,
1: and I'm Stephanie Bolores.
0: your co-host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the latest market dynamics impacting executives and their customers. Today, we're joined by Principal Analyst Michelle Polino and Senior Analyst Patty Harrington to discuss the latest use cases and risks for IoT. Welcome both. Great to be here.
2: Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it.
0: So there's not really a standard definition for the Internet of Things, Michelle. Maybe you can just ground us. How does Forrester just define the term?
3: Yeah, you're absolutely right. In fact, there isn't a standard definition of what Internet of Things means. At Forrester, at a basic level, we define Internet of Things solutions as those things that are enabling software control of the physical world. And in order to do that, there are many different elements of technologies that come together to create an IoT solution. So at the base level, you have sensors and RFID tags and GPS elements and accelerometers, for example, that are incorporated into assets and products and items to capture location and status and presence and connect into many different types of networks, both wireless networks as well as wireline networks. We then have information that's captured and analyzed um, using different kinds of big data, AI, machine learning analytics capabilities, as well as just basic types of analytics to better understand what to do and understand what's happening with that connected asset. And then based on parameters that can be set around, well, if something's too hot or too cold, there can be dashboards created in terms of, you know, what does this information mean that's being captured around these connected assets and processes? And indeed, what types of actions can be taken, either in a true machine to machine way, or if an alert can be sent to somebody to say, pay attention to this now, very important in healthcare and in certain industries where you want a healthcare professional involved, but you certainly need them to take an action right away. And then wrapped around all of this are elements of security and governance that are particularly important as you have many different kinds of connected devices and assets. And in certain industries, it's very important to document what types of actions are taken. So security and governance is wrapped around all of these elements.
1: Not to overcomplicate it, and that was a great definition and maybe hone in on the idea that it's about physical control of the environment, but where does edge fit into this? Is there an overlap? Yeah, it's a really good question, Steph.
3: So Internet of Things solutions are putting those sensors that have certain capabilities and functions into assets that are often outside of the four walls of a building. When you think about edge computing and edge solutions, IoT solutions are one of the edges that you may need to be thinking about in your own organization. But edge computing has been around for a long time. So you have edge capabilities that many organizations have been pursuing within the context of their data centers, within the context of, you know, getting intelligence and insight and using different kinds of analytic capabilities at those data center locations and using that in their day-to-day activities. But IoT solutions are pushing the edge requirements for that intelligence into new locations. And I think that's one of the reasons why you often hear the term edge computing and Internet of Things, sometimes in the same sentence, because IoT solutions are one example of edge solutions. And indeed, we're going to see more and more IoT scenarios that are pushing that definition of edge into many use cases and business opportunities.
1: Okay, You hit on a few scenarios. What are the maybe like the top three scenarios.
3: Yeah, so when you think about business scenarios for IoT, um, and like I said, there's not a standard definition of Internet of Things, there isn't just one use case or scenario that organizations are pursuing. So we have sort of three scenarios that you should be considering. Um, We have what we would call designing IoT products, and that's when you have the engineers, the OEMs that are creating and manufacturing products where they have to incorporate this connectivity the different kinds of asset capabilities functions into the products that they're creating with the chipsets you know they have to think about what environment and what types of connectivity are going to work in those environments it where those connected products and equipment and machinery are going to be deployed the second broad category is around operational processes where you, any organization not just manufacturing firms but every organization has opportunities to incorporate iot solutions into the day-to-day operations. And this is where you get use cases that are tied to things like building and facility management, optimization of critical processes like um, supply chain or inventory management to understand in real time where an asset is and the location of it, Um, where you have factory automation operations processes that are being optimized using predictive maintenance and monitoring and quality assurance types of applications. So every organization Organization has opportunities to deploy operational processes and incorporate IoT capabilities into them, depending on the needs and the challenges that they're facing. The last category is one that not everybody is deploying, but it's when you bring together intelligence and insights that's being captured from the environment. So you have information about weather, you have information about traffic, you may have information about how somebody has already what they've already purchased. You bring that information to light in a real time way so that you can help or that process be optimized and personalized for that individual. So this is where you have the traffic optimization and routing kinds of things, where you have personalized recommendations for shoppers. And those types of things are bringing to light intelligence that are captured from around where that individual is or where that asset is to help improve that individual experience. So those are those three areas.
1: Well, I was curious back on the first scenario about connected products. It's interesting. I wonder if sometimes like, companies feel a need to jump on the bandwagon of like the latest trend, and they go overboard. Like you know, you hear about companies contemplating connected toasters, or you know, I bought a toothbrush, and it, like it wants me to connect the toothbrush with an app to my phone. And it's like I just want to brush my teeth. I just want toast. <laughs> I don't need it connected.
3: Yes, it's a good question. So there's the opportunity and the possibility where the cost of the sensors, the cost of these technology elements are going down. And it becomes more cost efficient, potentially, to incorporate IoT into many different types of assets or products. Now, the reality of how valuable that is is another question, right? Because now you were just mentioning, if I'm going to you know, connect an appliance or I'm going to connect my toothbrush, Is that really valuable to me? Now, some people will do that, but in some cases, it may be that I just wanna turn my oven on and off and that's gonna be fine for me, or I just wanna use my refrigerator the way that I've used it for many years. But when you think about the products where we do see IoT be incorporated into them, the big pieces of equipment and machinery, often in when you're thinking about automation of factory automations, you know, for automotive industries or in factories for, you know, big uh, pieces of equipment. If those m- pieces of equipment go down, that can cost millions and millions of dollars per minute even. And so, you know, there's an, an intentional purpose to incorporating IoT capabilities to monitor, manage, and do predictive maintenance in some of those pieces of equipment or machinery or in buildings to be more efficient. When you think about sustainability initiatives that organizations are pursuing across the globe to use resources like lighting and power and water more efficiently, IoT solutions can help do that. So I think it's not just that you can do it. It's about thinking about what is the real value to doing it, and you may need to do some education of individuals because it's going to change maybe the way that you brush your teeth or the way you turn on your oven or the way that I do my job if I'm on the factory floor. So these things all have to come into play as you think about the, the actual implementation and the impact of, of the deployments.
1: So it sounds then actually, I mean, based you keep coming back actually to like manufacturing quite a bit, um, just heavy machinery production. Are there certain industries that have taken the lead with IoT? There are, our survey, actually
3: we have survey data that shows in almost every industry, you're seeing deployment of IoT at some level. Now our survey data asks about, have you implemented or are you expanding implementation or are you planning to deploy IoT solutions or applications? It doesn't go into the scale and the scope. So where we've seen the scale and the scope come into play are just what you just mentioned, right, manufacturing, in energy in chemicals and oil and gas and some of these really high intensity asset industries. We're understanding where these assets are, how they're performing, doing predictive maintenance and monitoring can be quite valuable, as well as differentiating, you know, for those organizations. But you also see IoT solutions coming into play in the transportation and logistics arena in understanding what's happening with, you know, an asset uh, through through fleet management applications. Um, I mentioned earlier on facilities and building management use cases that are becoming more and more common as sustainability has become a priority for most organizations, as they have to be more efficient in how they're using some of these critical resources and monitoring lighting and power and energy and the use of that, turning things automatically on and off can be quite valuable. So there is almost an infinite number of use cases, but it does vary depending on the industry you're in and the kinds of challenges and opportunities that you have and that you're facing in your own organization in terms of which use cases are going to be most valuable for your organization.
0: So, um... We've talked a lot about the opportunity for IOT in a variety of industries, a variety of use cases. I'm sure there are plenty of challenges that go along with that opportunity. So what are some of the kind of common challenges or risks that firms face today with their IOT deployments? Yeah, so, you
3: know, we've been talking about the diversity of use cases, the variety of applications, the fact that there isn't one single use case for IoT. And what that means is there's a challenge because at an organizational level, I have to think about, okay, what are the challenges I'm facing? And that's really the most important thing because IoT and solutions that use IoT capabilities are the answer, but you have to start out what is the problem. So one of the challenges is what am I facing that I need to solve. And is IoT the answer? You know, and you need to have the right stakeholders in the room as you have those discussions. You need to have the stakeholders who are responsible for those critical operational processes, whether that is the person that's responsible for the facility in the building, the person responsible for quality assurance on the factory floor, you know, for supply chain or fleet management. You have to have the IT folks involved that can deal with scalability because you're not deploying this usually in just one location you have to scale this into many 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 thousands and thousands of devices potentially Um, you have to connect into back-end systems that you may already have in place And indeed, you have to have security as part of this. I mentioned that earlier on, because you need to think about where those challenges may lie as you put together the stack of technologies, as well as you have individuals who are trying to access this information. And so this can be a real issue around IoT, and it needs to be thought up up upfront, especially around the security issues.
2: Yeah, kind of building off that. On the security side of things, it gets really complex really fast. One of the big challenges that we're finding is, and Michelle said device proliferation, IT environments have a tough enough time figuring out the PCs or other sort of devices on their network, right? So these are assets that people are working on day to day. When you add in the IoT devices, it just goes off the chart. As Michelle said, thousands of devices in some of these environments. Um, You take healthcare, for example. Healthcare is one that notoriously Loses devices in the network as well, just because they go offline. Right. You know, you don't have an infusion pump constantly on the wire. It's only on when it's sitting next to the the patient's bed and, you know, providing medicine to them. But you turn it off, you put it in a closet. Well, when do you bring it back online? It could be weeks, could be months, but it's sitting in the back and it's just hanging around and then it goes on. And where is it? Who knows? So. And that's one of the challenges. Another challenge that's common that we see is it's not an IoT problem, it's just a standard IT problem in its networks are flat. So many networks out there are flat and they don't have proper segmentation. So these IoT devices of various ages from brand new to decades old are sitting right next to the other workloads that users are working on, your servers, your applications, your data. So you have these devices that are so sort of commingling in the networking traffic and, you know, going to Michelle's point, who has access to these devices? Where do these devices have access to? What's the authentication look like? Where's the data going? There's so many challenges with that. And it's tough to put barriers around these devices when everything is flat. So the challenges on the IoT side really start to take problems that are inherent in IT networks and just go off the rails
1: with them. Right. Yeah, so we have flat networks. I mean, we're terrible at device and asset management to begin with, and then you multiply it by a thousand. And then, as I understand it too, like there's also like no built-in security to these devices to begin with. I mean, at least with your basic laptop or even like mobile device or iPad or whatever tablet you're using, there's some endpoint security built into it. But in some cases, these devices are so small as well. It's not like they actually have the footprint where you could add some sort of agent or a layer of firmware or software that could provide some basic security.
2: Right, right. And historically, you know, to your point, Steph, a lot of these were just small devices that were doing basic tasks. So it wasn't expected to have a lot of space around that firmware to add in additional agents and control points. But that also builds off to some of the problems when we talk about age. A lot of these systems were built with known credentials. Right? There are websites, both on the public internet as well as the dark web, that have lists of, oh, you have this device, here's the default credentials. And these credentials can't be changed, right? So hard-coded credentials that are locked into these devices. Those legacy devices stick around forever. I've talked to businesses who had stuff on the wire for 15-something years. You know, security was an afterthought way back then. <laughs> so the problems just keep getting worse. now. I don't want to be Dr. Doom over here and say everything's terrible. It is evolving and things are getting better. There is some motion for some of the larger IoT devices. Uh, And some of the endpoint security players out there are working to add agents to some of these with some of the large-scale vendors. But it's, it's a challenge that you have these mixed networks of ancient and brand spanking new, and you're trying to do security controls around this and... Yeah, it is a full on uphill battle.
1: Right. And these aren't just theoretical risks, right? This isn't just like security folks thinking like, okay, what are all the things that could go wrong, which we're very good at, but there actually have been real attacks on IoT devices already.
2: Yeah. I mean, sad enough, two years running from our survey data, uh, from the security surveys, IoT devices were the number one target of external attacks. So these were actual environments our customers responding to saying, yes, we got attacked and here are the targets. Um, And I say two years are running because the third year, IoT devices were only one step behind the company website. So we're not talking of, "Ah, every once in a while, these get hit. Um, And I mean, some of the attacks from last year, it's funny, I was talking with, I don't know who it was, there's been a botnet, an IoT botnet that's been running now for about eight years, uh, Mirai in its various instances and there's two of them last year that were big offshoots of them uh, Fodcha and enemy bot um, i think it was Fodcha got over one terabyte of sustained throughput as a botnet you know and they're just hijacking iot devices and taking over networks or shutting down doing big ddos attacks And there's other things that go on. You know, you've got credential stuffing, you get command injection. The older devices have just known vulnerabilities built in. And because these devices are really old and they're out of life or out of support, the vendors aren't updating the firmware on them. So the vulnerability never gets patched. So it just keeps coming
1: right back around. It
2: becomes cyclical.
1: Also too, like security professionals and risk professionals need to sort of almost change the risks that they're assessing. Because we're so used to thinking of like cyber attacks, the criminals are going after data that they can monetize, right? Or they're trying to inject malicious software that will allow them to run a ransomware scheme. IoT things are different. I mean, IoT devices can be a conduit into the corporate network. There's been a couple instances actually like in healthcare where I, I've seen that happen. So it is that traditional, like we just want to break into the corporate network and it's going to be ransomware attack, or it's going to be a cyber attack to steal data and other credentials, your typical things. But there's also, well, it could be a means to just disrupt the business, you know, because now I can take down your manufacturing processes, I can disrupt your supply chain, and that's different. Um, I mean, God, that could be so many reasons why somebody's doing that from nation state attack to just a competitor, I could even see that scenario. And then there's the other scenario we just described, which is I'm not necessarily targeting you because I want something from you, but I'm going to co-opt your devices into this giant botnet attack that I'm using to attack other people. So you become the unwitting co-collaborator, if you will, into this massive attack on other parts of the economy and, and industries.
2: Yeah. I was reading this morning, actually, that there was a new one that's circulating around between Linux devices and IoT, where they're taking over the device and using it as a crypto miner.
1: Ah, crypto mining, yep. So
2: your random little iot device that was singing along happily gets taken over, and it's now you know doing someone's dirty business, so it's no longer providing you data, but it's just it's not and it's not attacking anything either. It's just sitting there humming along processing and chunking code so
1: and even for you, the owner of that device it's there's still an impact to you again, you're the unwilling co-conspirator in a, in crypto mining or botnet attack but the, the device performance has now dropped dramatically. So you might be wondering like, why the heck are my devices not working the way that they used to work, so.
0: Are there brand implications when something like that happens though? Like if you're framing it as a co-conspirator, so as the like marketer in the room, I'm like, oh no, that's like a bad look for that company if their you know physical device or whatever it is is getting co opted to do something that it shouldn't be doing. Are there implications there from a brand perspective?
2: Definitely, you know, it's especially if your name gets associated to it on, you know, someone's uh, byline in an article of, you know, botnet in, you know, Acme.co is attacking all these other sites. It implies that you don't know how to handle your own security. You know, you're not securing these devices, you're not securing your networks. So your customers are, what are you doing with my data then? You know, and it really puts a damage on you as you now start to fix that. And now your security team is kind of all over the place. And good luck getting a job somewhere else because you were part of the security team that, you know, um, whose network got hacked. And it's the implications is kind of, you know, um, build off of each other.
3: Patty do people need different skills now with the IOT devices on the security side, like Steph mentioned it a bit and it just came to light. Like what needs to be different about the expertise of these security, um, personnel and managers
2: and what they do. It's funny there's a mix of yes and no. Right. It's, these are devices. If you go back to some of, uh, we'll say the older IOT devices, look at printers and fax machines, right? I mean, these are IOT devices. You think of a fax machine people dial into, people are doing dial-in hacks into fax machines, you know, decades ago, kind of an offshoot of freaking, if you will, but you manage these devices, right? You know, you maintained the firmware on them. You made sure who got access to them uh, and uh, where they can send their data to. You, you had a lot of controls in place. We've just taken that, right? A couple of these devices, you know, per office or something, and we've scaled it into infinity. And as we scaled that, we didn't think of how do we manage the firmware for these devices? How do we manage the communication flow for these devices? So it's a lot of the knowledge I think is the same. It's just the scale of them has gone out of control. So um, especially when you get to larger size environments, you deal with mid-sized businesses. Okay, there's not. 5,000 devices that they have on their network. So they could be maybe part of the IoT team's management or the IT team's management, excuse me, uh, or it's an offshoot of the security team. So you can use some of the basic stuff.
1: I was going to bring that up. Yeah, it might require some specialized skills, but to Patty's point, it's essential device hygiene, but I do think it's more of an organizational challenge, which is, is it clear cut who has responsibility for the security of these IoT devices? You know, you mentioned manufacturing, which is an OT environment. So is there a dedicated OT security team Or is it corporate IT security that now has responsibility for these IP enabled devices that have suddenly popped into the network? I have seen a lot of organizations who haven't answered that question yet. So then if it's not clear who's responsible, that's also problem number one.
3: Yeah, I would also say that a lot of the stakeholders who are driving requirements for these IoT initiatives on the factory floor, the folks that are dealing with quality assurance, the folks that are dealing with operations, security isn't necessarily the top of their list, right? They're on the hook for KPIs to, you know, drive customer experience or get the item out faster or quicker or, you know, whatever it might be. So this element of security, who is responsible? And is that something else that needs to happen earlier on, you know, with some of the other stakeholders who maybe in the past hadn't thought at all about this? Or do they need to do something different as they work with their security colleagues, you know, to make sure this is thought through? at a comprehensive level.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's one of the points we call out in the the state of IoT security 2023 is, you know, to your point, Steph, so many of these devices had no ownership. So who was managing, who was securing, who was doing this, who was doing that? It wasn't truly defined. It was sort of eh, this amalgam. We'll take care of it here, there, everywhere. So until that's fully defined by the business, right, the leaders in IoT and security, you're going to have these problems continuing. And until you set the hard-coded, these devices are owned by this team, they're secured by this team, they talk to the, you know, this point externally, this point internally. Here's who can talk to them, et cetera. Until you define all that, you're gonna, I think, continue to have these IoT security challenges. It's
1: curious, once you, and it's no easy feat, but once you solve some of the organizational and ownership challenges, and say it's a hybrid approach where individual teams have a certain amount of responsibility and then there's a corporate. Security team also providing a layer of um, recommendations and strategy and policy and protection. Do you, from a technology perspective, is it also a hybrid approach, which is in some cases the manufacturers will have some means by which you can patch and update the device, but then also do you need third party solutions, and are you looking at your existing device security solutions, like can they extend to the IoT environment, or are you looking wholly at new third party solutions?
2: Yeah, great question, Steph. What's funny is there's been this evolution from the device side, right? A lot of the device manufacturers, not only from their own initiatives and industry initiatives, but good or bad, take it however you want, regulations have been coming across the board in various countries. Uh, there's some sites there that, that list all the regs for IoT devices uh, based on individual continents or countries. So North America, Europe, Singapore themselves has their own Security standards for IoT devices. So, this really interesting stuff. Um, so, that's been helping from the manufacturing side to make sure that these devices have some instance of security built in, right? Being able to change the passwords, being able to do digital certificates on these devices so you can authenticate them to the network and allowing a lot more control than it was in the past. On the Existing technology side inside of the enterprises, a lot of the solutions that are already deployed with you know, maybe some software upgrades and a license or two, you have network security, right? various vendors in that space, understanding and recognizing IoT devices and being able to categorize them and apply um, network traffic controls. So you know on that comm side, having some level of uh, security involved. On the endpoint security, there's a lot more vendors getting into the space to either just pull sensor data and identify the devices. Is it old? Is it new? Is the firmware up to date? Um, and some of them can inject their agent onto the device if there's enough room. But there's a lot of movement in that space for all these solutions. And then you have these large-scale you know, IoT management and security platforms that if you have, as you know Michelle talked about earlier, these 5,000, 10,000 devices across your entire enterprise, bringing in one of those large scale solutions to be able to truly understand where everything is and do all your management and security is really great because also those platforms can tie into your networking, your identity, your certificate management, and really have this orchestrated movement of these IoT devices. So there's a lot of tools that are out there now, um, as well as I see a lot of motion for the evolving IoT devices to really incorporate security coming out of the factory and then just fit it into your environment. So there's positive movement here. I'm not saying this is all terrible. There is a a lot of good stuff happening.
1: we know security is difficult, but I think there's decent enough solutions in place that we could probably address it. So companies full steam ahead on IoT. I'm curious, um, you know, for both of you, what do you think the world looks like five years from now? Um, so I feel like there was a ton of excitement about IoT, IoT, everything's gonna be sensor enabled, and then it almost quieted down a bit. And now there's sort of like a new excitement around it. So I'm curious, like five years from now, what does the world look like?
3: Well, I think one of the things to think about is IoT will be integrated into many different elements. So talking about it by itself is not necessarily going to be necessary because it's part of equipment, machinery, appliances, products. And I think that's one of the things that maybe is starting to happen now. We're seeing more and more of the ability to integrate these IoT solutions into so many different places so that ultimately, as you look down the road five years from now, this is going to be the way that products are created and developed. It's not going to be something that's different. It's going to be the way new things are done. And I I think so now we have a lot of retrofitting. We have a lot of, you know, new things and everything has to be thought of differently. But, you know, as you think about the automotive industry and the capabilities that are now possible and how products can be created and the cost efficiencies of incorporating these capabilities into products has gone down as well now that we've gotten through some of the more recent you know bumps in the road and so that is also possible so the art of the possible in five years is now going to be opening new doors and i think that individual conversation about iot is going to just be part of the conversation of what product am i getting what are the features it has what are the use cases i can deploy can i do predictive maintenance on it you might not call it iot those are value added capabilities that are now possible in those products. So that's what I think we're going to see more and more of as we look to the future.
2: And from the security side, as I said, right now it's in this evolutionary phase where more of the security manufacturers, like the vendors and such, are incorporating IoT security as part of their stack. So on top of that, you have the businesses who are deploying these solutions recognizing security has to be one of the aspects that they think about when they're deploying these appliances and whether it's you know something massive or something small so i think within that five-year window we're going to see this evolution of an awareness integration i talked about right endpoint security vendors building agents for these smaller devices and incorporating as part of the larger sock solution to understand what's going on in your environment so having that ability to know what's happening at a minute's notice and is this device up to date? Is it being attacked? What can I do to control the attacks to it? It's really happening and it's gonna keep growing beyond just the offices we have to incorporate all these devices that operate in a business. You know, you think of a shipping company, they have their warehouse and then they have their trucks and having that ability to ensure that everything in the warehouse is secure as well as their trucks when they're on the road, are secure and not getting attacked from signals coming across through wireless sensors and things like that. So it's I really see a lot happening in this space as people are more concerned about it. I just wish people thought about it beforehand. So we're not you know jumping all on all this right now, but there is a lot of positive motion here, and I just I keep seeing motion in adding more security layers. So it's all good.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to Forrester's What It Means podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast player. To continue the conversation, follow Forrester on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, or drop us a note at podcast at Forrester.com. Thanks for listening.